0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
1: An interesting story that's uh, starting to get a lot of attention. This concerns uh, the NAFTA renegotiations uh, re- and the government's been holding hearings on, on various issues related to NAFTA. One of them has been the issue of copyright law and how that factors into to, uh to NAFTA. Now, one of the big telecom companies in Canada is is Bell. And Bell's weird because Bell's a broadcaster. They're also an internet service provider. There there are a lot of things, but they're pretty big. So you had Bell and Rogers, which is another big similar company, offering their their thoughts on all of this. And Bell shocked a lot of people with what came across as a fairly radical proposal. Uh, In sharp contrast to, to Rogers, which really argued for nothing of the sort, And it is also curious that would come up in the context of NAFTA renegotiation. I guess if the government wants to do this or Bell wants the government to do this, then maybe we should do it separately, table legislation, do it in a much more transparent way. But this is basically what it comes down to. Bell is worried that there's too much piracy that exists in Canada and they want the government to block Canadians' access to piracy websites. Well, how would they do so? Essentially, what they envision is that the CRTC would create a list of what they consider to be piracy websites. Internet service providers would be bound by law to follow that list and block access to all of those websites. Now, what's also concerning is that there wouldn't necessarily be a way to know what's on the list or to challenge if you ran a website that you felt was unfairly being labeled a piracy website. It would be blocked, that would be that. Now, I don't know if the government's open to this at all, but uh, it certainly is, is uh, an idea that de- deserves a lot more discussion. So, to that end, joining us for some thoughts is uh, Michael Geist. He's Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law at the University of Ottawa, where he's uh, also a professor of law. Writes about these issues at his website, michaelgeist.ca. Dr. Geist, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Now, it's interesting because even outside of NAFTA renegotiation, I suppose Bell could just ask the government to do this. So how does this all tie into NAFTA?
0: Well, all of this came about actually through hearings that the, that the Parliament's been holding on NAFTA renegotiation. They've been inviting various stakeholders to give their priorities and, in a sense, try to help inform the Canadian positions on these negotiations. And In fact, I was even asked and had a chance to appear before the committee a week or so ago. When Bell appeared, they appeared actually alongside Rogers, and but the two companies took very different positions. And it was at that hearing that Bell, I think to the surprise of many, uh, put forward the prospect of essentially North America-wide website blocking in Canada to be overseen by the CRTC of all groups with no judicial oversight. This is seen as something that would fall outside the judiciary, plus the full criminalization of copyright. These are, as you mentioned, pretty radical suggestions, the sort of things that if they were brought up, I think, in a domestic context, would face backlash, and this this feels and part of the problem here, I think, is this, this feels like an attempt to try to get something that wouldn't happen domestically through the back door of a trade negotiation.
1: Yeah, which isn't how it should be done. Uh, certainly, if, if they believe this is needed, we should be able to have a debate about this. Now, there there are laws that exist, and if if I have a website where I'm offering streaming or available for download content that belongs to Bell Media, it's not as though they don't have recourse, right?
0: Oh, that's absolutely the case, and in fact, here in Canada, we have some of the toughest anti-piracy rules, especially for sites that are hosted here. One of, I think, the most questionable things that, that Bell raised during that hearing was the claim that somehow Canada is seen as a piracy safe haven and that you get companies or sites that are setting up shops specifically in Canada because of the legal rules. And yet, as Bell surely knows, because they argued for it and specifically pointed to these rules when they were being created, we have what's known as an enabler provision that allows rights holders to go specifically after websites that are hosted in Canada that are enabling or facilitating infringement. And so the notion that somehow Canada is a piracy haven when it has some of the toughest anti-piracy laws for sites that are hosted here strikes me as completely inaccurate.
1: Right, so this idea of a blacklist, it all seems very secretive. As you say, there would be no judicial recourse where um, an Internet subscriber or a website could challenge this and say, look, we don't belong on this list. We're not engaged in anything like this. But but how would people even know if they were on this list?
0: You know, the whole, the, the whole system is just a poor suggestion, it's such a poorly thought-out policy proposal, Uh, one that when the issues were raised in Canada in the past have been, I think, soundly rejected. And so you raise even just a couple of the problems. First, that notion of, of having this kind of system in place without judicial oversight um, really raises the questions about who's going to do it and whether Canadians would trust the CRTC, which has long tried to remove itself from any sort of content regulation in the Internet in this way, uh, would somehow be charged with overseeing the system. I mean, Bell may like it because I think it's well known just... Uh, how cozy they can be at times with the regulator, but I think for a lot of Canadians, the idea that we would put this in the hands of the CRTC is highly problematic. And then how you operationalize that, you know, are there penalties to ISPs that fail to block sites? What happens to people who try to access that content through VPNs? What's the appellate process? You know, How open and transparent is the system raises all sorts of issues because one of the things rights holders may say is, we don't want to advertise this content or advertise the identity of some of these sites. Because if we do, people will know where to find some of this content. And so there's a bit of a catch-22 there.
1: What about for Bell itself? Because they're, of course, a broadcaster, a content rights holder, but they're also an Internet service provider. Could they do this on their own and decide, well, if you're a Bell Internet user, uh, certain sites are going to be blocked because we deem them to be piracy websites?
0: No, I don't think they can. In fact, the issue of whether or not ISPs could then take upon themselves to block content has been raised before the CRTC before. And, you know, when we have net neutrality rules that give Canadians the right to access content, uh, or applications of their choice, the idea that an ISP would, on its own volition, block access to that kind of content seems to be a, a legal non-starter in Canada. The the one exception to that has been child pornography, uh, where there is a block list that is developed, and... and most ISPs subscribe to it, but what distinguishes child pornography from this other kind of content is that child pornography is illegal to view. These are not websites that are illegal to view, and so uh, the notion that we would somehow now start in a sense down that slippery slope and begin to block access to this uh, these other kinds of websites really raises uh, some troubling issues.
1: Well, as you noted, uh, you know, Rogers and Bell, two big companies, similar companies, in that they are broadcasters and also telecom, internet service provider companies, but but they've taken a very different approach. Why does Bell seem to have broken away and taking a much uh, harder stance?
0: They have, and I think that's a, that's a really good point to raise. So at that, at that hearing, you had Rogers squirming a bit uncomfortably as they saw Bell say what they were saying, and they ultimately distanced themselves from the proposals that Bell was putting forward. I use a big shift that we are seeing take place. And so for years, telecom companies and internet providers large, largely saw themselves as neutral intermediaries, in a sense, the common carriers, where they provide the pipes, they provide the means of communication, but don't get directly engaged in, in regulating or limiting access. What we've seen over the last number of years is, is a company, including Bell, that was that argued these positions before the Supreme Court of Canada and to the government regularly, now shifting more and more to a old-style media company, one in which If they're going to cast their lot somewhere, it's going to be on cracking down and enforcing um, in the way some media companies have chosen to do, rather than adopting the position uh, that we've traditionally seen of neutrality from telecom companies. And what that means is, as we move forward with things like copyright reform and NAFTA and these other sorts of issues, where increasingly there's the the prospect of real split or divide within the industry, um, I think is something to really keep a close eye on.
1: Well, is there American pressure here? I mean, obviously, Bell's a Canadian company, uh, and so, so they've got their, their own interests. But as we work towards some new arrangement on NAFTA, does it include copyright reform? Does there need to be some coordination between Canadian policy and American policy?
0: Well, it doesn't, go, it does, the, the NAFTA element in this is an important one, and, and we've seen reports as negotiations have been taking place this week in Ottawa uh, that the U.S. is adopting uh, or potentially moving towards some real changes in some of their copyright rules, and Canadians may find them stuck between the proverbial rock and a hard place, with companies like Bell arguing for website blocking throughout North America, the U.S. delegation arguing for more limited safe harbors for Internet companies and for ISPs, and and that, that would represent a dramatic shift in what copyright law would look like on a North America-wide basis. I don't know that the U.S. is pressuring Bell, although it is worth noting that Bell is the only Canadian company, in fact, on a global basis, the only telecom company that is part of a new global anti-piracy alliance that really sort of starts up with and starts with the Motion Picture Association in the United States. And they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to be a part of this, largely to try to identify targets for law enforcement. So the company is investing very heavily on the enforcement side and This kind of proposal feels like the sort of proposal that some of its allies in that movement might put forward. certainly doesn't feel like the sort of thing you typically see from a telecom company.
1: All right. What's your sense, though, as to whether this this might have some traction, whether it's a non-starter? Any indication from the government at this point?
0: We haven't. I mean, I think this was largely Bell trying to float something, and, and we've seen quite a backlash since since they they did come forward with it. So I don't know that this is something that the government is is looking to do. I'd be surprised if it was. And. And I have to say that even if the government was contemplating at least consideration of this kind of proposal, the right place to do it would clearly not be behind closed doors in secretive trade negotiations. It would be as part of an open policy process. And in fact, there is a review of the copyright law that is scheduled to start later this year, sometime in November. And so there's a clear opportunity if Bell or others want to put these issues forward, there, there is a, a clear mechanism to try to do that. Uh, putting it forward in this kind of way, though, where in a sense you're looking to sort of backroom negotiations with negotiations that, as we know, when, you're, when in the trade realm, the public is largely excluded from. Uh, I think that that's where a lot of people, even irrespective of the policy proposal itself, get really nervous
1: you no kidding. well more analysis on all of this again as mentioned michaelgeist.ca uh dr geist thanks so much for joining us here today really appreciate the insight
0: oh it's my pleasure thanks for having me
1: all right that is michael geist canada research chair in e-commerce and internet law at the university of ottawa it's interesting two different people sent me this text and in fact i had to go back and double check that the same text didn't come through twice but yeah and i missed this story but here's the the version from uh, gizmodo.com The headline, the EU suppressed a 300-page study that found piracy doesn't harm sales. The European Commission paid about $428,000, 360,000 euros, for a study on how piracy impacts the sales of copyrighted music, books, video games, and movies. But the EU never shared the report, possibly because it determined there was no evidence that piracy is a major problem. Uh, The report was submitted 304 pages. Uh, To the EU in May of 2015, it concluded that, quote, in general, the results do not show robust statistical evidence of displacement of sales by online copyright infringements. That does not necessarily mean that piracy has no effect, but only that the statistical analysis does not prove with sufficient reliability that there is an effect. So that's interesting. Look, here in Canada, we have laws against piracy. And if I set up robscooltvshows.com and I'm streaming or making available for download all sorts of content that others own well they're going to come after me i'm sure they will and they may have good cause to but we've already got laws that deal with that so what, what do we need this for anyway 403-974-8255 is our number we are back with more right after this
0: afternoons with rob Breckenridge, starting at twelve thirty on news talk 770 calgary